0: Clapping over Pastor Scott, right? All right, I would too, yeah. Um, So, a few years ago, Barbara and I were flying out of Cleveland Airport. And if you know anything about me, when I go on a trip like that, I want every T crossed, every I dotted, so there's no snafus. security checks, all the stuff we have, all the hoops. And so to the best of my ability, everything was right, the luggage, you know, everything set on the other end and being picked up at the airport. I think we were going to Dallas. And so everything's ready to go. And uh, get checked in and getting ready to go into security. And they asked for my driver's license, no problem. I pulled it open. And lo and behold, friends, my driver's license was not there. And now I'm sweating because you know what happens when you're in security in this day and age and you've got a line of people behind you who are waiting patiently, no problem. And all of a sudden, every cell in my body is on alert. What, and your brain freezes, right? I can't go on this trip if I don't have my ID. And I look through uh, credit cards and has gone through this furiously. And they, you know, what options do we have and we have so much time to get to the gate and then you're on board and so forth. And the last I checked, they won't wait on us when they're ready to go. they So in the midst of talking about alternates, anything that we did was going to take time to get another ID or whatever. And I continue to fumble with this thing, and in this wallet, there is a little compartment stuck back here in the back. And lo and behold, I didn't know I had this in here. I have this in here. This is my old driver's license. (laughs) I'll be, I was handsome then. Anyway, uh, just kidding. Just having a little fun. Anyway, that's where my license was. And all of a sudden, I did what some of you probably would have done. The cold sweat, everything stops. I show them my ID. We were on our way. But you see, they would not let us gain access to a restricted area until we had the appropriate credentials. Doesn't that sound like the law and the Holy of Holies and we simply don't have access to the presence of God like Moses did when they were crossing the desert and all the restrictions that go with it? I sometimes concerned that maybe we know that we have access to Jesus Christ. Sing, worship, write, speak, teach, but to absolutely believe that and embrace it so that we can encounter the presence of the living God in a very intimate way, because we are a culture that has learned through technology to do so much for ourselves. Nothing wrong with that, as long as that doesn't replace our belief that God can do greater things, right? in the new testament church they lived in some pretty turbulent times to me the book of acts is it just it jazzes me when i read it even when i see all the adversity and stephen gets stoned and but he looks up and i I thought i just dropped my license and i said that'll do good the next time i go to fly So. In the book of Acts, we come upon a section where the New Testament church was really going to be tested. There's adversity. Obviously, the Jewish rulers, the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin however you wanna pronounce it, Jewish court of the day ruled the land They don't like Jesus Christ, they try to kill him. They try to put out the story that he resurrected from the dead. Peter and John and the other disciples are actively out preaching that word. They get upset. Peter heals a man who's crippled. They get called on the carpet for that. They're threatened. Don't you dare say any more about Jesus the Christ. And they said, who do we obey, you or God? And so this is the type of thing that's going on. Now, I ran onto this clip by Ian Bounds that helps set the tone for me, that knowing that I have access, yet when I pray, do I pray like I have access? I know I don't deserve it, that's called grace. I know I'm being spared things that I deserve that I'm not getting, that's mercy. I'm experiencing God's love, grace, forgiveness on an ongoing basis but do I really believe? Ian Bounds said this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but people whom the Holy Ghost can use, people of prayer, people mighty in prayer. Ian Bounds was great about addressing that particular area. Sometimes we've made prayer bigger than it's supposed to be in the sense of some certain strategy And I understand there are strategies and there are different things that we can do, but friends, it's simple communication with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's respectful. I listen to him as well as I allow him to speak to me. I'm sorry, and that I speak to him. But friends, these people had to depend on God as in perhaps no other time. We are seeing that again today. We're on unsettled times. I had a conversation with somebody just this morning between Sunday school and worship. When we were children growing up, would we have ever believed we'd have to keep doors locked and even people who are armed in some situations to protect ourselves as we come to worship? And all the other things are telling us that we possibly will have to do. In the midst of that, the word of Christ gets even brighter. That's a different message for another time. So they had to do what I've called, press into God's presence. That doesn't mean that it's like, I'm pushing, it's it's all me. But it means I'm persistent, I'm consistent, I'm not going to just quit because I didn't get the answer that I wanted at the time that I wanted in the way that I wanted it. I'm going to press into his presence. I'm going to be persistent and consistent. So here it goes. Let's go to chapter 4 of the book of Acts. And I'm going to begin in this account, midstream, verse 23. this is after Peter and John had been called on the carpet, they had been quizzed, they had been dressed down, so to speak, they had been threatened, and it says this, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the, all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Just pause there for a moment. (laughs) If you and I put ourselves in that situation, the church can, can no longer do this. You cannot openly proclaim the name of Jesus Christ without being under threat. That's what they were living under. Many parts of the world are living under that, and worse today. Much of it has seeped into America and threatens to come this way. But guess what they did? They went back to the boardroom and they began to say, what are we going to do next, and began to wring their hands, and, think of strategies and maybe we could do this and do that. Now, I'm not against all that planning and I'm having just a moment of levity for myself anyway, maybe not for you, but friends that said, no, they pulled together in unity and they did what? They prayed. They prayed. Probably 20, 25 years ago, I went to uh, a conference that one of the sessions was on prayer and this particular pastor God was using in his area to really raise up people who believed in prayer and in a particular prayer meeting they had multicultural setting and their church had grown by God's grace and they had different backgrounds and ethnic groups and so forth and and he he mentioned one particular group and he said, when we have prayer meeting and, and we all pray corporately, he said we noticed that this one particular group. And he was saying, in in terms of endearment, he said they pray like God is deaf. If if we did that, we'd probably scare half the people out, right? but I have to step back and say were they just so passionate had they come out of, maybe from their home country, such a slavery or abuse or pain or heartache, whatever it may have been, but now they're blessing God, they're praising God, they're petitioning God with everything within them fervently together in unity. That's what it says. They raised their voices together in prayer. Well, Pastor Flack, we don't do that at church. Well bless God, that's why it's better than a horse in here too. I mean a cold horse one that's going to the glue factory, you know. I can't talk like that. I I do get scolded for talking like that, you know. What churches do or don't do, I am not here to determine. All I can say is that there is a time and a place where we get so passionate about what's happening in the world around us that's so lost and now maybe threatening and indeed threatening what the work of God can be accomplished in our own lives personally and corporately that we are not fearful of raising our voices together in prayer and saying, Jesus, if you don't move now, we are in trouble. We need more of you, we're hungry for more of you. We need to see the hand of God move in our lives personally and corporately. We need God in our community. Jesus, would you come? Their prayer went something like this. Well, it went like this according to verse 24. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with Gentiles and the holy people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, as you read that prayer, we'll stop there, obviously, uh, I find it very interesting that their prayer really doesn't sound like it's so much about their cause, but they're concerned about Jesus, the message of Jesus. In verse 27, in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. It's him when he was there. It's his message now that's ongoing. All of this is being threatened. So verse 24 helps us to see they were fervent in their prayers. I looked up the word fervent. It's one that I'm so used to for decades, but fervent simply meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity. Having or displaying a passionate intensity how is it that and i love sports i can go to a sports arena wherever it is especially football and if the team i'm i'm uh, supporting is winning except when ohio state plays oregon <laughs> what wh- whoever were cheering for, we can go in a place like that and yell to our horse. And yet, when we pray, it's like, I've got to pray. I know I should pray. Well, oh, that's exciting. And I, listen, folks, it's something I'm continuing to work on myself because I get so consumed with all the other things. But when I have my intimate time with the Lord, do I have to raise my voice? Not necessarily, but there are time and a place to do that. But the more important thing is that I'm communicating with the Lord Jesus Christ, that I believe in him, that I praise him, that I worship him, and that I trust every care, concern, the threat of the world around me. I trust it to him. I'm not gonna live my life wringing my hands and live in fear. I'm going to rather live in faith and walk this out by the grace of God. So they raised their voices, and they raised their voices together, and they, they petitioned the Lord. And then there's three parts in verse 29 that I see right off, kind of a threefold prayer, and it's, and it's simply this. As they're raising their voices together, consider their threats. And then they pray, enable your servants to speak your word and to do so with great boldness, Have you noticed how politically incorrect it is to do these things today, right? But We're not picking on anybody. We know the adversary is working against us through whatever means he can. Instead, we say, Lord Jesus, enable you, us, your servants, to speak your word and to speak it boldly. And sometimes that's not saying a word because we want to get so defensive and we want to speak things and our opinion and all of this and sometimes we stand back in silence. And other times we do speak up and we trust God for the right words. We've prayed, we've prepared, we're listening. And then the third part of the prayer is divinely, supernaturally intervene. Let's read verse 29 that we've been talking about. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Verse 30, this is one of those verses, pardon me, that jazzs me, friends. This is their ask. This is their petition. This is what they're believing for. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. We're simply the vessels. What we've seen happen before, continue to do. Lord Jesus, what you did when you were on the earth, then the existence of the New Testament church and down through the ages, though we may not know about it, we believe your hand has been stretched out. And we're simply saying, stretch your hand out over the Illyria church of the Nazarene. Come on not for the sake of signs and wonders, but for the sake of souls, that people will know Jesus. And then there, there's this, Oh, coming about of the power of prayer. And you've heard this. You know it. You're veterans in this. But hear my heart today, friends. Look, please, to verse 31, where it said, after they prayed. Now, let's just pause there for a moment. We don't know how long they prayed. You know, when this is recorded by Luke, we don't know how long, was it a, all night prayer meeting. Was it five minutes? We don't know. The important thing was they were unified. They were raising their voices together. They're believing together. They're pressing into the presence of God. And it simply says after they they prayed. I used to tell the folks over at Sandusky, I want this. What happened here? I want this. Said the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Well, Pastor Dave, was that a physical shaking? I, I don't know. It may have been. Maybe it was simply a shaking to wake, awaken within the hearts of the believers that, hey, the Holy Spirit that I released upon you, when there were tongues like fire, that wasn't a one dose. The Holy Spirit is continually being made manifest to those who will receive it. I want to be a carrier of His presence. I want to be in the place where after they pray, the place was shaken. And whether that was a physical shaking or simply a spiritual, emotional, or a combination thereof, I don't know, friends. All I know is for sure the Holy Spirit came on that place and they spoke the word boldly and they were absolutely shaken. Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. God moves on desperate, hungry people who humble themselves and are surrendered fooling. And they're saying, Jesus, stretch out your hand. For your glory and for the message of Jesus Christ and the power of the spirit to be glorified but Jesus we need your touch people are broken and hurting both in and outside of the church I pray in Jesus name if you miss everything else I say today, that you'll not miss this. Barbara and I, when we finish our assignment here, by the way, we don't just see it as an assignment to show up for a few weeks. We think about you during the week. The service is on our heart, believing, praying for God every week to move, to shift and to change the atmosphere. That's not a pat on our back, but you need to know What God has already done in this place in ages past is absolutely incredible, even with the bumps and the bruises that every church has, even with COVID. But I believe God's about ready to launch something, and I'm so thrilled Pastor Scott is here today, friends. I praise Jesus. But at the end of the day, Pastor Scott can only do what God has ordained him to do as he walks in obedience under the anointing And when the people surround in unity and begin to pray over he and his family and over the church as a whole and over the city, I just want you to know there's going to be somebody in Sandusky still praying, standing back and saying, look what God's doing over there. Look what God's doing. Looks to me like he's shaking the place. Looks to me like God's being glorified. Looks to me like people are coming to Jesus. Looks to me like there are some people being healed. Looks to me like there are some things being done that only can be explained by the hand of God. It's not something they could do in the scope of their vision and their hopes and their dreams. It's in Ephesians 3:20 20 and 21 that He'll do amazingly, abundantly more than all you ask or imagine, according to His power at work within us. To Him be the glory. But it all comes back to this, friends. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to to that hope, to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Friends, he's going to do it. We hold on. We're just unswerving in our belief and our faith and our hope in him. Verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one one another and all the more as we see the day, capital D, approaching Christ's return. We have access. We have access. We don't deserve it, but we have access. You know, when you go to conferences, how they give you these badges. It gives you access into that particular conference. I've gone to a bunch of them over the years, and never once have I had somebody question, well, I guess I've had them look at the badge before they let me into the auditorium or whatever. And uh, this is one of them but I wish I had the badge that I'm gonna tell you about. The conference was youth-oriented, and I went along with, I can't remember, I think it was 12, 14 of us. And there were thousands upon thousands, I can't remember, but I think it was maybe seven or 8,000 people, could have been more, I don't think less because every place you looked, it was a massive humanity in this arena. And they had phenomenal music and phenomenal speakers and it was about a three-day event as I recall and it was one of those that they really believed in prayer and you'd go out in the hallway in between sessions and you'd find people, different backgrounds, different denominations, whatever, just praying with each other in the hallways. Um, And I think we'd been there, I don't know that we'd been there quite a day, and I'm, for some reason, back I guess where they were selling some things, and I hear somebody say, Dave Flack. I look over, and it's my friend, and I named him. What are you doing here? He said, I'm running this thing. I'm with this organization that sponsored this. I'm running this whole deal. You are. And so we chat a little bit, hugged the whole deal. Those are pre-COVID days we could hug back then. And uh, you enjoying the, oh yeah, we're enjoying the conference. He said, well, where, do you, where are you sitting? Well, we're in the nosebleed. It was nosebleed, trust me. And he said, oh Dave, I'm running this thing. Let me talk to some people. He comes out for everyone in our group with these big old badges. He lets us know that we are being moved from the blo- nose blood right down next to the main floor and the, sessions are, and the speakers are right up here in the groups We're right here, we're down close. I'm getting chills telling you this. It really made us feel like we're somebody and we're being honored and we're just, you know, grateful and humbled by it. And then he said, this badge will allow you any place. You can go backstage and meet with people that are going to sing or whatever. You can go anywhere you want to. This badge is a credential, Dave, because you're my friend, and they trust me to do the right thing. You have access to any place in the arena, and you have a special seed. You have access. <laughs> and that's what Jesus says. And sometimes I think we Christians feel like because we have debris on us, stuff of life, the enemy keeps taking us back to the cemeteries of past sins and mistakes and regrets. And so we're kind of like this all the time. Oh, bless God, I got the victory today. And Jesus says, no, I I died on the cross for you. I'm no longer on that cross and I'm no longer in the grave. I'm at the right hand of the Father interceding for you even now. And I can set you free from sin and, and I can sever the chains of bondage and you could be a brand new person and we receive that and it's broken off of us and we're cleansed and, and then we have other stumbles and troubles along the way. We go back and he, whoo, And so through that experience over time, we get this idea that I no longer have access because I've dropped the ball too many times, I've been too big a failure, or I have got this in my life and the enemy has seemingly had our ear more than Jesus has. Who says, the curtain has been rent in two from top to bottom. You have access to the Holy of Holies if you'll only believe that and live that way, he says to the church and he says to me and you, it will change how you live. It will change how you see life. It will change when things get threatening around us because you're seeing through now the eyes of the one who died for us, resurrected from the dead, and right now intercedes for us. So were the signs and wonders just for yesteryear? Not if I understand the scriptures correctly. Can we pull together and just say, God, we need Jesus in this house. You've been here all along with us. We've had high points and low points, but Jesus, as our new pastor and family, are about ready to come. They're come. they're here. We just want them to experience the love of God through us and the power of unity as we raise our voices together and say, God, put your hand out over us and do the greater things that we sang about earlier and let us be recipients of that. Will you stand with me, please? How I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful. How I thank you, Lord Jesus, if we'll believe you, if we'll really trust in you, you'll do the greater things. Now we know we need to live obedient lives, absolutely. We know by the grace of God, we can indeed believe we are filled with your Holy Spirit. Sometimes we do need a fresh touch. We need a fresh infilling. So God, bring that new level and that new depth of insight into your word where we can walk day by day with the ups and downs, with the victories and the defeats along the way. We can live with the rejoicing and presence of Jesus Christ reminding us that we need simply to come to you and to see every situation through your eyes and remember that we have access to you even now I pray in Jesus name if there's anyone in this house listening online listening later to a recording or here right now that has some steps they need to take in the walk of obedience and embracing the word of God, and believing the word of God, and encountering your presence with intimacy, that they'll take any steps they need to take right now. Jesus, I commit this to you, or I surrender this hesitation, or I surrender right now the fears that I have, or Lord God, I haven't really believed you for the greater things here. I sing about it, I haven't really believed so I I confess that to you, Lord, and I'm believing you now, Uh, and we just, Lord, we confess, and we release, We give it to you in Jesus' name. And we're believing for those greater things that you want to do because you have allowed us full access though we don't deserve it. You paid for it, Jesus. We bless your name. And then I pray, Lord God, one more time if there's but one person that doesn't have clarity in their walk with Jesus Christ maybe never accepted you as their personal Savior and Lord or maybe they have and they've just, they've really step back and they're not living for you and I'm praying in Jesus name for anybody who hears this they'll pray that simple but profound life-changing prayer that says Jesus I surrender all right now I confess to you that I am a sinner and I need Jesus Christ in my life and I invite you in and I pray Lord Jesus from heaven to earth, that you will hear my heart as I confess and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe you come into my life and forgive me of my sin. And I am now your child by grace, by faith in your name. So Jesus, any who have prayed that prayer, anything like that in their heart, they're repented, they're coming to you. May it be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now I pray for a glorious balance of this day and a great week in you and your anointing to continue, in fact, to increase over this house. And may God be glorified in it. And we we'll give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And again, all the people agree and say, amen. amen. So be it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a praise? Mike. Amen.